0: Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. I'm Celine Yeager. I'm Sarah Gross. This is Nine Voices for Title Nine, powered by Inside Tracker,
1: a podcast that tells the stories behind the law that changed everything. Hey, Sarah Gross here. I'm Katherine Taylor. Sarah True here. Hey there, this is Dr. Shawna Payne-Gold. Celine here. I'm Haley Chura. Hey, it's Alyssa Gadeski here. I'm a professional triathlete. Ironman champion. Professional triathlete. Health and fitness writer, A gravel cyclist. A two-time Olympia. And former All-American triathlete. Founder and CEO of Feisty Media. None of us would have had the opportunities we've had in sports without the passing of Title IX and the changes that came in its wake. So, as the hosts of Feisty Media's podcasts, we decided to band together and create a series to tell the stories behind the law that changed everything. This special series will be presented on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Subscribe now to the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast. This is Nine. Nine. Hey Celine. Hey Sarah. Hey so we are here because we have an exciting new series that's coming out here at Feisty. I know everyone is like behind the scenes excited about it. We're trying to be low-key excited because it technically doesn't launch until next week and and I know I know myself I really want to share you know. Yeah. Um. So basically uh, we have a new series called Nine Voices for Title Nine, and it's all about well I'm gonna let you talk about what Title Nine is but Um, The reason I love this part of the reason I love this so much is it's the first time since Feisty has sort of grown over the last couple of years. And we have multiple hosts from multiple podcasts that we produce coming together to work together on this project. So all of our each of our hosts um, actually interviewed a different person um, who was somehow involved. Either around at the time of the law, involved in making the law, or affected as an athlete by the law. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of exciting.
0: Yeah, it really is. And I think what's cool about it is that we have all ourselves personally been impacted by Title IX, even if we didn't recognize it at first. You know, a lot of people, a lot of us in the staff, to be completely transparent with everybody, like they might be, are, have educated ourselves about Title IX, right? You know, we all knew it existed, but it, it's that kind of thing. That's a phrase that gets thrown around a lot. But I think a lot of people don't even understand that, you know, it, it came about as a civil rights law, you know, in 1972 in the US, and it was passed as part of an Education Amendments Act and it prohibits sex-based discrimination in school or education program, but it wasn't really designed around athletics at first, but it very much created a sea change in athletic opportunities for girls and women in sport. And along that, I mean, it was, it was transformational, but also there are roadblocks and different barriers to it too. So I think that I learned a ton from this series and i think that everybody involved in it learned a ton from this series and that maybe is one of the most exciting parts of it
1: mm-hmm. yeah for sure i definitely i knew about title IX. i don't know i think because i'm a historian like so by mm-hmm. nature i have this little like if i hear something i google it and like right. try to figure out the history um, so i i knew about the effects of the law on um, women's sports but when i was a kid growing up like our I recognize that like the pinnacle of women's sports at that time was either like you're going to the Olympic games, which was like a bit of a long shot for most of us, um, or like getting a scholarship to go to a US university, like as a Canadian kid. And I now am thinking, oh, that is a reflection of like title IX and how like money was no longer able to only be dispersed mostly to men's sports. You know, and so like that created just tons and tons of opportunities, um, and that I had like internalized by the time I was like seven or eight years old. Completely realized what those opportunities were.
0: Yeah, no, it's it it was definitely transformational, and I think I think what is important too that becomes very obvious is that the work is not done.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So what was some of the, you know, like you and I each did two interviews and what we're going to do is for our audience, like Celine and I are going to, every week we're going to do like introduce each of the interviews, but our podcast hosts have actually sat down with different women and and actually done the interviews. So you'll hear a little bit of Celine and I, but we'll be all different voices throughout the series. Uh, But what are some of the things that stand out for you, Celine?
0: Yeah. I mean, what stands out is that some of these women, like, intentionally went into their missions to make history to change Mm -hmm. the course of history for us and that we now have a responsibility to do the same because I was perfectly willing just to sit on my laurels and be like this is done but it's just so much not done
1: yeah and I think you're saying you sit on your laurels but like you're absolutely not sitting on your own walls no, and are making change every <laughs> well, day
0: for women. <laughs> right, I guess I don't think of it in this, but in that context of of what Title IX wanted to do as far as equity in institutions, you know, I mean, I I try to do cultural change, but cu- cu- it's interesting. Like we want to create an empowering culture, right? So we do that. But this institutional piece is a really big, important part of that. And I don't like that part of my brain is not necessarily always switched on. And this series really did switch on that part of my brain.
1: Yeah, I love that. I did. I remember doing like one of my um, feminist history classes when I was in university. One of the questions we, we had on an essay was, do you do you need a law to change to make change for women? right and you could argue kind of like yes or no on that and so if you argued yes like a lot of people would argue around title IX, and that actually you have to make something illegal or nothing changes because people don't give up power and privilege just because you ask them to (laughs) never (laughs) (laughs) right but then on the flip side like I do think we can um because I'm so obviously I'm so much into like this like if we can get a loud voice to change our cultural messaging we can make a change that way too or even in terms of like individual institutions policies and examining that kind of stuff that's like that layer below the law it's not like it doesn't have to be a change in the law of the land but yeah I'm with you I have a newfound respect for actually the women like like Patsy Mink who we hear about from in our first episode next week like who actually like understood that like there was a repetitive pattern that was generational that she observed in her mother and she knew that like she was going to have the same Opportunities or lack of opportunities if she didn't stand up and do something. And then she kind of went all the way, like the first woman of color in Congress. Like she kind of just kept pushing throughout her life. And it seemed like Wendy Mink, the way she talks about it, like it was her calling, you know? Um, and I just, yeah, I was just like sort of so inspired by that, by the women who go, hey, like I'm, I'm going to go and make a change at the top level. Right. Cool. Okay. So what do folks, what can we um, hope for? So nine weeks. Starting next week Um, on June 16th, we launch that's a Thursday. And then after that, we have nine episodes. The actual 50th anniversary of Title IX is on June 23rd. Um, So who else can we expect to hear from along the way?
0: We can expect to hear from uh, Bobby Gibb, who is the first woman to actually run the Boston Marathon, which I think a lot of people don't know, Mm -hmm. you know, because they think of Catherine Switzer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Janet Cohn, who's the athletic director at University of North Carolina at Asheville, Amanda Levy, which I really enjoyed. She's a professional MMA fighter and title nine maybe didn't work in her favor right out of the gate there as a wrestler. Mm. So, you know, there's a lot, we have a lot of great guests coming on from a variety of aspects.
1: Yeah. I can't wait to hear from Amanda. And also um, Sarah, Sarah True, who's my uh, co-host on If You're Writing, she, her husband's neighbor is Joni Benoit Samuelson. <laughs> and so she is, she's like, I just know her as Joni. I'm like, okay. But That's yeah, awesome. I'm, I'm stoked to hear from her too. Like the first champion, uh, the, the first women's marathon champion the first year they had the women's marathon in the Olympic Games, um, Joan Benoit. So yeah, we've got some really cool interviews coming up over the next nine weeks. Um, and if you don't already subscribe to the Feisty Women's Performance podcast, Feed. Um, you may be listening on that now but if you're not go over there and subscribe there and that's where you'll find all the um, episodes drop and the first one drops on june 16th stay tuned uh when it's legal then it will be accepted that this particular point is not legal for a woman to box well i would just love to see the girls get into the sports maybe that'll straighten out some of the situation that they have because women think that they can really be do the things that men can do. I don't really think so. Fifty years ago, women and girls had few opportunities to participate, let alone excel, in sports. Women's programs were underfunded and worse, some considered it improper and unfeminine to participate. Uh, my personal feelings are that a woman is supposed to be feminine. Uh, I do know if I'm on the subway, a woman comes on the subway, I'll get up. If there's no other seats, then I'll give her my seat. But if the woman is a boxer, I'm not going to get up and I'm not going to hold the door. In 1972, the U.S. government passed a law prohibiting sex-based discrimination in government-funded education programs, including high school and college sports. The the type of
0: woman who tends to excel in sports um, naturally tends to be a a more highly motivated um, uh, type of individual than than men because they haven't come up through a pampered athletic system.
1: It hasn't been easy. It has not been easy. In a new series by Feisty Media, we explore the stories behind the law that changed everything. This special series will be presented on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Subscribe now to the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast. This is nine. nine. Endurance sports should be accessible to everyone, right? That's why we are so excited to be partnering with Motive. Motive is one of the fastest growing training apps in the world today, with thousands of amateur athletes signing up every month and a nearly perfect 4.9 star rating in the app store. and use the code FEISTY for two months of full premium access. That's right, you get two months of premium for free. So you quite literally have nothing to lose. You literally have nothing to lose. As we head into summer, rest and recovery are critical for improving sports performance, reducing stress, and living a long and healthy life. We should all invest in better sleep. So think about the thing you lay your head on for eight hours a night if it's not exactly right for you it can lead to needless tossing and turning or worse have you waking up with an unrelenting kink in your neck my new lagoon pillow has helped me improve my sleep immensely by pairing me with the performance pillow that has everything i need so i personally was matched with the otter pillow shout out to team otter which i love because it has a gentle cooling effect And then use the code PERFORMANCE for 15% off your first purchase. That's code PERFORMANCE at lagoonsleep.com forward slash performance, whole 15% off. And the link is in the show notes. You can just click through there.